1: Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built-Up. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to Eastport.info. Now let's get this show started.
2: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the real down. Got another great show lined up. Uh just me tonight. Uh Mr. Dan gave me the night off last week, so I'm letting him take a take a break this week, hang out with the family, uh hit a baseball practice, couple things like that. Uh So yeah, we've uh this this show isn't going to need much introduction at all. Um right now in particular this guy's name is everywhere um he had a recent win he had a more recent win and he just dropped a kayak Oh, well, not officially the kayak will be dropping when you're listening to this so i guess it would be officially but uh no reason for any other introduction man it's it's drew gregory what's going on man
3: <laughs> what's well, up guys uh man glad to be on the show always pumped to hang with you buddy uh we had a a nice little run together i love being on you know kind of a coast to fill in for a little while but um you know little girl came and life got in the way a little bit so but now i'm back at it and uh, things are good man
2: heck yeah when you've you know you're you're a busy guy uh that's that's a question i've got for you a little bit later that's a little bit off it's kind of on and off of the tournament subject but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that but uh so yeah so like i said if basically if you're at all involved in our corner of the fishing world, you know, into kayak fishing, you know who this man is. But if they don't, give us a little introduction. Sure.
3: You know, I've been kayak fishing since about 2004. Fishing rivers and creeks since I was born, basically. But, um, you know, fishing out of a kayak since 2004. And I don't know where to begin, man. I've done a lot. I've been blessed to do a lot. And I just am so passionate about, you know, Fishing for bass out of kayaks and specifically rivers and creeks, which is why a lot of people know me as Mister River Bassin. Since I started the River Bassin Tournament Trail and that sort of brand, which there's more to come on on that front as well in the future, but save that for another podcast. Nice. But um, so and then I I hosted Hooked on Wild Waters. A lot of people know my kayak designs with Jackson. I was with Jackson Kayak for ten years, had a great run there, great time with them, uh, and then. Uh, recently moved over to crescent kayaks and now of course like you mentioned the first first kayak is is launched when you guys are listening to this and actually today the day we're recording we actually launched the three minute promo video um and it's which was awesome uh, (laughs) yeah the crescent shoal bass so we may have a special guest to come in later to talk about that video but yeah the crescent sholey is an amazing kayak um obviously named after the shoal bass uh, here in georgia where i am at the moment because we got a big big party after launching this kayak tomorrow at the At the factory, So it kind of worked out nice that I was over there at Lewis Smith Lake and then just came right over here to Carrollton, Georgia, right across the border in Georgia. And uh, family all came down and everyone's going to come see the factory, come see the boat and have a little little shindig. So but anyway, uh, yeah, just love the sport, passionate about it and most just excited that, you know, the people that we're talking to, they're listening are also super passionate about just being in God's beautiful creation and nature, catching these fish, doing doing things the right way and trying to grow the sport you know, the right way and with the right values and the right, you know, character. I think that we all tend to some, we all just kind of have in common, you know, you don't see too many kayakingers that come in here, not yet at least. And I know purses growing will, will change that in tournaments down, down the road potentially, but it's still just an amazing community that's changed a lot of people's lives for the better. And I'm just so glad that, you know, God put me on this earth to be kind of luckily one of the first guys that kind of started, a, I guess, part of the movement, if you will, Jimmy.
4: Sure. Oh,
2: yeah, no, it's no doubt. If, uh, for anybody coming into kayak fishing or even the people that's been in it long enough, you know, we all kind of started with the same names, and your name was definitely one of them. You know, everybody, you know, when you first research it, Chad Hoover, Drew Gregory yep. that's the first couple of names. Greg Blanchard's usually the first big YouTube that you found, you know, Jim
3: Salmons, there's Jim kind of thing Sam- yeah. was big. Uh, Jeff Little was early on, yeah, uh, Kayak Kevin. I mean, he was back in the yeah. day. Corey, Corey, Ruth. I mean, names that um, guys on the Susquehanna up there. Uh, uh, who all are they? uh, shoot, Juan. And uh, anyway, but trying to drop oh, as yeah. many names as I can to give, <laughs> give, give, give give credit. I mean, you know, because they deserve credit. They're all part of you know helping us get here. It's just crazy to see how my career evolved from okay, designing the kayak kayaks with Jackson. You know, to kind of take kayak fishing designs to another level. I think people would say. I mean, after all. I did, you know, invent the idea of a high-low camp chair seat that you see on all the kayaks now. You can go look up the patent on that if you want to see it. But anyway, that was my idea that came on the original KUSA. And so I went from the designs, right, into the YouTube world. And then tournaments got big. And then I shifted now, which is why we're talking today, uh, to the tournament stuff. Because now that the media coverage is there, the purses are there, it just enticed me me enough to say, I want to get into that since about... 2019 been been doing that stuff so it's been a fun run buddy
2: uh, definitely and it's been these last couple of years have been fun seeing because you know like even before i really get to talk to you i would say that you were more of a personality you know like because you had the show and youtube and stuff like that and now it you yeah. being so immersed in the tournament world I don't know. It makes you just for for most people, I would feel like it makes them more relatable, you know, it makes you more relatable right. to them because they're like, Oh, I fished to that tournament with him, you know. Yeah. You know, whereas like when I first came into this, I don't know, you seemed like like Chad. People saw Chad on TV, you see right. Drew on TV. It's like you're a personality. It's just starstruck.
3: Yeah. No, you're right. And people say, like, Oh, but he probably can't really fish tournaments or something. He really he's cool on YouTube and in front of the camera, can do it. but he probably doesn't really know how to fish that much. I've heard that a lot. And then everyone's like, Oh. OK, now they'll shut up because uh, (laughs) part of the
2: reason we're here is because, uh, you know, as you said, you're chasing these these national trails. You've, you know, hit the angler of the year marks and, you know, really got your feet wet and made a name for yourself, which you, you already had. But further stamped your yes, I am good at fishing and I can tournament fish. Um, but this most recent one was the uh, Bassmaster Kayak series on uh, Lewis Smith Lake uh, here in Alabama. Um, yep. Awesome fishery. Show, show um off. Oh, there yeah. Show off the hardware. For,
3: for those who are watching this on the YouTube's video, Facebook, that's the way. Uh, that's I love that like. trophy. It's a good trophy. It is. It's a really cool looking trophy. So
2: like I, I like some of the elaborate ones. And then that one just has like a really simple, clean, just classiness to it. I love it.
3: It really is. Yeah, it is.
2: Well, the the first question before we, well, I'll let you dive into kind of about Smith Lake, but uh, did, have you ever had any experience here? You know, have you fished this lake before for <laughs> no, any man. reason?
3: Uh, no, I never have, uh, which is, is kind of funny because I look back at a lot of my best finishes and it's really weird. Um, the, So to me, the, the fun in tournament fishing, so I'm super competitive, you know, I, but not like I know I'm not like thinking about the other anglers competitive I'm thinking about me versus the fish competitive I mean super competitive like can I maximize the the most weight or length if you will this lake can I can I pull that off right super competitive with myself and all I've looked back and the joy to me is actually the research and I mean catching them on the tournament day is fun too but it's probably more fun to me to all the build up to the tournament right so I'd never been there, but I look back at all my best finishes. And what is crazy is, you know, my win on Dardanelle at Hobie, never been there. Okay. Like second at the KBF national championship out of two hundred or out of 751 people in 2019, never been there. Caddo where I fished and Champlain, I was second, never been there. You know, Grand Lake, just won on Bassmaster kayak series, never been there. Lewis Smith, never been there. All my best finishes, it's just funny, like (laughs) how uh, Lake Pickwick, back your your backyard, basically, never been there. And I tied for first with my buddy, you know, Ken Morris, I do a podcast with. Uh, He won by tiebreaker, but never been there. So to me, what I think is funny is, um, and again, it goes back to the experience I have traveling, doing hooked on wild waters and fishing all over the country. Because I think to be able to be, you know, successful nationally, you have to be, you know, obviously versatile and catching all the species right so this was a more of oh, yeah. a Alabama, Alabama spotted bass you know fishery caught them caught those you know plenty of places growing up in Georgia you know got them fished Alabama a good bit growing up but you know I've fished Ozarks you know with hooked on wild waters and being out there many times with different trips I've made out there fishing. I've been all over the country is my point. So anywhere I go once I started tournament fishing I felt comfortable whether it's largemouth, smallmouth, north, south, east, west, deep water, clear water, shoal bass, it doesn't matter. I felt comfortable. So anyway, the um to get to your <laughs> the true answer, yeah. I mean, I'd never fished Lewis Smith Lake, and but I was still confident because I feel like I look at a lake that I've never fished before with a total. And you have something size. to compare it to, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, then someone who's been there, they oh, I've caught them here, I've caught them there, but have they really ever looked at the tournament from the thirty thousand foot view of if I had to like really grind and study and figure this like out where are the spots i would go to they're gonna have the biggest fish and i'm sure some people probably have because they also fish tournaments there but i mean it's it's drilled down i've got to drill it down to like dude you've got one day these are one day some of the Bassmaster ones and i have a limited amount of pre-fishing time because i lost like a, a day almost a whole day because uh, we were working on this the release of this uh kayak but so all my prep work and the map study and everything, I was just I was just dead set on exactly where I caught these fish. I knew there was going to be big ones here. I knew it from you know, because I had lots of pins marked on this map and I just couldn't go check them all out. Couldn't fish them. Didn't have enough time. And because Smith Lake so, is
2: ginormous and it, it has there, there's major backwater, you know, everybody knows you're a backwater guy. There's yeah. tons of that that goes for miles and miles and, I'm, and of course Bassmaster, you know, has boundaries, etc. But Smith Lake's one of those lakes that when you look at on a map, it can be very intimidating, especially when you don't, you know, have, like you said, a lot of time to, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, it has so much to break down that I feel like just finding, because it's for anybody at tournament fishes. Most of us do this. When you find that one thing, you try to replicate it in multiple places. There is right. so much of that lake. You could still have 30 to 40 options, like so exactly. much of the same. Um, Well give us a quick rundown of what Smith Lake, you know, what it is. You obviously said it's an Alabama spotted bass factory, but give us kind of a lay of the land of what it's like.
3: Yeah, sure. You know, in my you know, I was talking on stage and I won the award and said, you know, for all my biologist friends out there, I'm gonna do you guys justice and and call this fish what it is. It's the Alabama bass, because they did all the research and designated it separate from the spotted bass, which in hindsight, they probably should have left this one the spotted bass and then renamed the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone yeah. called it, this one spotted bass for the, forever, and the Bassmaster and the Major League Fishing, no one's changing it really. I mean, to calling it what it really is. But the Alabama bass um, is what it is. So I w- I knew it was a deep, clear water, you know, fishery like this. And
0: at Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history.
4: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
3: Like you said, there's so many miles of shoreline and so many river and creek arms. It's mountainous, you know what I mean, over there. It's it's just yeah. clean, clear water. A lot of not, not as... So mountainous, I'm going to give you guys a little tip here. Mountainous uh, tributaries, which are most of these on this lake, they run clear and clean when you have water that runs clear and clean it doesn't have as many nutrients in it um and that's why this lake doesn't have a ton of you know it's not like this is a grass lake you know what i mean where you got hydrilla and stuff like that it's rocky so anyway my goal was to try to find some areas that that had a little bit more nutrient-rich water flowing into it and um and and you know, possibly in hopes to find some largemouth too. You know what I mean? Because yeah. largemouth do want that murky water. There's not much of that here at all. So they do get, you know, bigger overall than, you know, your Alabama bass. So I thought it was going to, that was my, kind of my goal to try to find that. And of course I didn't really, I mean, I caught one big largemouth, but I definitely caught other largemouth mouth in my tournament, which we'll get into, but um, it's, it didn't really matter to me once I was there, I was just finding some of the best water I thought, um, you know, and I had Alabama bass in there that were big and one good largemouth. See, that That may not sound like a big deal. You know, like, okay, he only had one largemouth on his five-fish limit, but it's a huge deal. It was a 19-and-a-quarter-inch fish, and it's what caused me to win. It's a massive deal. The fact that I had water that, that at least some largemouths were living in, too, also, because yeah. the majority of the whole lake is Alabama bass, right? There were some largemouth there, and the fact there were some, I obviously got – fortunate and happened to catch one of probably the biggest ones in this, in this area. And it changed, you know, it caused me to win. So it mattered that I was in that nutrient rich water that had the ability to have large mouth. And then of course had one big kicker, Alabama bass too, which we'll get into all that, but
2: it's yeah, a deep no, water that...
3: reservoir. And my area was definitely different than all the rest. I mean, I would say it's, it's
2: pretty different. And that's what for, for a lot of people will know this lake, uh, because it is a, a big player in the boat world, uh, The elites hit it, MLF hit it, you know, so it's very popular. Uh, If you know anything about it, everybody knows the point you're talking about. It is a very, very deep, very, very clear reservoir. Mm -hmm. And typically, you know, the bags are Alabama bass, like you said, and having that approach that you had, like you hear it all the time. If you recap or watch like bass live and bass track and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you'll hear them say, I'm going to go find some largemouth," And that's what they mean by that for anybody that doesn't understand that, you know, you can fill your limit on cookie cutter, Alabama bass right and hope you run into a good one or a few good ones or mm-hmm. you have those backup areas like Drew's talking about where you've got a little bit of diversity a little yeah. bit of different setup where the largemouth will stay and that's how you kind of stand over everybody else in that kind of fishery that's right um
3: and my largemouth probably weighed more it was 19 and a quarter but I bet you it weighed more than that Alabama oh, bass yeah. that, was, that was 19 and three quarters so that's yeah. why those weight guys really need to find some places like that for sure and it. I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, it's got bluebacks in it. It's a, it's a mini ocean. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> right? yeah. Sure it does yeah. Think about an ocean. It gets super deep and, and we're creating these artificial oceans. Therefore there were not, there was not like a roaming bait fish, like bluebacks naturally that just, when you dam up that goes creeks, you know what I mean? And then the river, it's yeah. not just going to happen. So we put them in there, whoever did, I don't know whether it was a, you know, Alabama, game and fish or whatever you're called in that state but someone did and therefore we're now the good news is it's utilizing that that dead water there used to be on the open that bass didn't really utilize because there's no food out there now at least we're utilizing all that the only thing that i find interesting about this lake and i'm a nerd on the biology and you know side of things whatever um really studying the fish the habitat the environment like why is the fish there not oh i just they're on points they're on wood they're on rock whatever they're on you know, transitions. I'm a nerd to like, actually like, okay, but why? So anyway, that, um, the good thing about this lake is that blueback have given it, you know, some artificial, um, what's the word? Andromedus, uh, bait fish or whatever that just swim, there's continue to swim in the middle. Something yeah. like that is, is the word. I'm not saying it right, but even still, here's what boggles me. These are Alabama bass. These are not Northern stray in Kentucky or, or, you know, um, you're just northern strain spotted bass, which are called Kentuckys. But anyway, they do not get as big as the Coosa river system, Alabama bass. They just don't get as big. The weights, in other words, the weights on Logan Martin, all those other now, why? Why well, know why? Remember what I told you? The water's clear, it's not as fertile, it's not as nutritious for everything in the entire fishery. What's the Coosa? Stain, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's yeah. grass in those. Vegetation. Fisheries, More yeah. vegetation. You got bigger largemouth over there. You get bigger Alabama bass. That's what I'm looking for. That, that difference right there. So where on this lake, that was my mindset. Where on this lake, guys, can I find the most nutritious water, fertile water? That's coming into that. Which creek or river arm is it going to be that's got the most fertile water And And it may mean the fish in that little area are just a half inch bigger on average or a quarter inch. Not even much, dude, at all but it can make all the difference when you're adding five fish up. So, and, and oh, I'm not yeah. saying that that's why it happened or how it happened, but that was just my logic, you know?
2: Right. Well, we'll take, taking your logic, uh, kind of get into your pre-fishing. Like you said, you, you were cut short a little bit cause Lord knows you've got everything else in the world going on with the, the kayak and family and, the and everything else, but, uh, get into your, your, your pre-fishing a little bit.
3: Man, this is the funniest story ever. The pre-fishing, I roll up to this, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm river bassing, so I roll up to the bridge. The first thing I do is I get out, I look at the water clarity, the, the current. You know, do I see any bait fish? Do I see any fish? I mean, this is like the afternoon, the first afternoon I got there. It was uh, which is Wednesday, the first day of pre-fishing. We're allowed to fish Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday we're done by two, so essentially you got two and a half days,
4: mm-hmm.
3: a little bit more maybe. But I roll up to this bridge, I go over there, and I see two Alabama bass in about eight inches of water, just cruising the sand sandy flat and um they're like 16 17 inches and i was like oh my goodness so i actually working on a a prototype of a of a spinnerbait i've developed right so i have one with me and i just said all right i just gotta cast and you know i crank it out there real fast kind of hide behind the tree a little bit chunk it out there and just rip it by and one of them just takes off and just chokes it and i bring it in i measure it on my rod um it was like 16 and a half inches and the other one was about the same size so i said well I don't really need to put my kayak in. I don't. I was like – because <laughs> I, I'm a big studier. Um, there's a lot of things I do, man. And it, this isn't like – again, it's not really what obviously causes you to win a tournament, but it's – for me, this is helpful. I I look at what's good, what's been winning bass boat tournaments, right, the weight. On this lake, Bass Nation had just had a tournament there. I'm not saying Bass Nation is the highest level of anglers out there, but a lot of good sticks, right? And, uh, you know, on the first day, somebody I think had 18, 19 pounds, a couple kicker, largemouth. By the third day, there's a hundred boats in this thing. I think the best bag was like 14 pounds, yeah. you know, not, not like huge. And I'm equating that. And I, so I said to myself, you know what, this is so basically if you can get somewhere around 15, 16 pounds, you know, these fish sometimes are, it's post-spawn. They're a little bit longer. Some of these, you know, Alabama bass, I said, I, I need to hit 85 inches, 85 to 90. I need to get somewhere in 85 to 90 to, to be in cash and a check or winning. You know, obviously it depends if, how many other people get that number, but I knew I needed 85 to 90. So why was, so why was that important for me to know that beforehand? It was important because when I caught that 16 and a half inch fish and I believe 16, five 16s is 80 inches. So if you take the half inch, if that was 16 and a half, you whatever, add on another, what was that? Um, two and a half inches,
2: 82 and a half, so yeah.
3: 82 and a half. I'm almost at 85 and I'm from the bank and I saw it and I caught this fish. Okay. So I'm like, surely there's bigger fish down you know down a little bit further and on into the lake So i'm pretty you know i'm pretty close to a lake here um it's it's true creek but i'm pretty close to, to the lake you know so okay well i go drive to uh another creek the next day same thing i get out i'm like oh this was pretty good Throw so we'll a cast and catch one that was like almost 17 inches well they're in this place too okay so <laughs> then i was like I guess I'll put my kayak in and just kind of paddle around and look and not fish. I mean, I'm talking like I didn't even really need to put my kayak in, other than to sort of confirm I could make it kind of down, you know, because the water is really low, really clear. It's a uh, little little scrapy. Uh, you had to kind of confirm that, but and and just so you. By the way, you talked about Bassmaster. Some of the tournaments have boundaries, some don't. Um, but but the good thing I think they're doing and it, it's smart is they're letting kayaks go where the kayaks can go. You know what I mean? Like they're not putting any boundaries on that. They're starting to realize, Hey, wait a second. We have the elite series. We have all this boat stuff. What makes the kayak different? Well, it's the fact yeah. that it can go in, in small water, but it also can go in big water. That's what's cool. Where, and you got to go where the tournament's going to be won. And sometimes, I mean, I got this, I get this stereotype. Well, it's not a stereotype, whatever. I get this reputation for being a river guy, but, but Hey, on Caddo, I was in the lake. You know, when I got second out in 2019 to Mike Elsie in the national championship, out uh, on Grand Lake, I was in the lake. People think that you know, oh, he's always in a creek. Well, it's not true. I'm where the I'm where the the winning fish. I mean, I hope I am. I try to be where the winning fish are. And the kayak, the beauty of it is, it can go anywhere. It can go right. shallow. It can go in the true rivers, creeks with rapids. It can go in the oxbows, in the backwaters, over vegetation, shallow that other places can't. It can go dock fishing on the bank it can go offshore it can do it all and it's magical that's what makes that's our special sauce and the bass masters finally realizing that and they're kind of stopping hey we're not going to put boundaries on these guys because if they can get there in the kayak we want them to get there because otherwise why are we doing this why why would we not just be in rights right so that's pretty cool but anyway that was the deal dude I, I just had to just make sure I could kind of get around in these, these Navigate, uh, yeah yeah in these waters and once I realized that I was like well I am back at the house. I'm rigging up. I'm doing stuff with the new sholey. You know, I'm I'm getting it set up because it was a brand new boat I was in. It's actually a pre-production model I was fishing out of. Uh, not quite production. It had a, a few little things that we, we had to tweak. But it, I mean, it, I didn't expect to win because I mean, I still had never fished that. I just was shocked because the way it happened. If you want me to get into how it happened now, I can, but.
2: You have any other questions? You, or,
3: or, or, you know, the pre-fishing questions uh, over. Or...
2: Well, I mean, it sounds like that your pre-fishing yeah. was pretty, uh, pretty simple. You yeah. you saw, you casted, you confirmed, you left. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. I mean, it's very, true. very, very basic on that. You know. Yeah. Um,
3: that's it. And I did go to another spot, just a, another spot that was a pretty good area that I caught some nice ones out of, and I put the kayak in to get there. But then I, honestly, I just couldn't find. A close way to get to that, dude. There's not great access on that lake. I'm telling you that right now. No, it's not the greatest. Not. It's really That's why I don't ever kayak. go there. <laughs> no, it's it's not the greatest kayak, um, you know, lake. Honestly, because of that. But this spot was good. I caught fish there. This other spot I never went to in the tournament, and I, and you know I was like, dude, I don't. It's gonna take me too long to get here, and I'm just yeah. Pat- I mean, I had a motor. My motor guide rigged up. I did rig it up on on my off day on Friday, Um, the last day pre-fishing, just to kind of rig it up, and I put that mount on the front of the sholey and it works great um with our front handle being a gear track right there and we have some inserts that are actually screwing the in, the gear track in the front and the uh the rear so where our cam strap or new cam track handle goes is pretty cool but anyway i use those inserts to put my motor guy quick release bracket on there and i was i said well i could get there with that but see it was so far away i was like that's not a wise move to commit to something to go so far away so much time you better know that there's a ton of fish there. And there was definitely fish there, but it wasn't a big area. You know what I mean? Nah, so it's a huge gamble. It was a waste yeah. of time. It was gonna be a waste of time. So I was like, you know what? I can't even find a way to get there. So that was about it for, for and the rest of it was just rigging and getting organized, totally clean out my truck, just getting totally prepared to expend every bit of my energy to getting to those fish I'd caught um, in those two different places and not knowing what was gonna happen downstream. I did not know really fully what was gonna happen. Um and then that's where this, this tournament story gets pretty cool, really, because it didn't happen for a long time, and I was you know,
2: very <laughs> well, nervous. Well, before and, we get into that, we'll hold some yeah. suspense here for those people. But I see a piece of uh, podcasting royalty Oh-ho. in the background
5: here. And Look uh, at this.
2: what's up, Mister Scott Butcher?
5: Podcasting royalty? What? Absolutely. Dude. Absolutely. I, love it. I I ain't done a podcast in like a year.
2: Yeah, that's why it's royalty. It doesn't count when you're still doing it. We'd all make fun of you, but <laughs> you've kind of you've kind of disappeared, so I'll be nice to you. But uh what's up, dude? What's going on? I mean I haven't
5: I mean I haven't disappeared at all, man. I'm working hard every single day in this space, man. I'm just uh I'm just not I'm just not yapping yeah, my gums anymore as, as hardcore as I was three, four times a week, uh, on everywhere. <laughs> but I, Drew will attest, I'm uh working Hell very yeah. hard in the space, man. So and this, yeah, video, a- and this video this
3: video for that, my friend. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's man, what uh, uh, he was telling me that you, you you're putting the hours in, getting this uh, video fin- finished up for the release, which will yeah. by the time everybody listens to this, which will be hopefully you'll have watched it and then listened, or listened to us and then watched it. Hopefully, but uh, hopefully,
5: <laughs> uh, hopefully it's the facts. Yeah, hopefully yeah. you have. Uh, no man, it's uh, it's 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 been good, man. You know, anytime you get uh, you know guys that uh, that carry a lot of expertise in their fields um you know with with what james the owner of crescent does uh you know in, in the rotomolding industry and and, and his in his knowledge of, of whole design and, and kind of and some of that stuff and then you take you know all of the knowledge that drew has and to be to be honest with you like i'll put it bluntly to be able to process the knowledge that drew has and then like make it where it works because we we've we watched all the podcasts with drew we've all we all you know if you spend any time around drew you know, it's, it's 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 fireworks, right? And you get it's hard to pay attention to every one of them. Well, what James, I think, did such a phenomenal job was was I don't know the number of months that it took, but I mean it was eight or nine months that they were constantly on the phone in conversation. And and to take that and think, okay, well, this is this is this is how you can take that firework and make it apply. And and so really like it was it really like it, it kind of was a perfect storm of those two guys coming together and, and, and building the Sholy And, uh, you know, I've, I've known James and Drew now for a long time. I was one of the few that kind of was in their ears years back, trying to, hey, you know, y'all might work well together, you know. Yep. And um, Tell
3: them the story, but I was on the phone with you, or was I on the phone with James? And you, were, uh, you
5: stopped the red you light. Were on the phone with me. Yeah. And we were talking about James, and I pulled up next to him at the red light. Me and James live in the same town. It and I wasn't
3: working yeah. there. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not with Crescent. I'm just, just considering this. Yeah, move. no, no. And yeah. I'm on the you, phone with you.
5: You were still very much with your previous manufacturer. And um, and we were talking, and you were asking me about James. And, you you know, you were doing your due diligence and doing your research, and James had already asked me about you. And, uh, and I was on the phone talking to you because James had asked, and I was telling you that James had asked. And I literally pull up, and there's James sitting next to me. And I was like, you know, and it's just, it's been, you know, since you kind of came into the fold, it's just, it's, it's been really kind of, you know, it's been the Drew effect. You know what I mean? Like everything <laughs> just, you know, takes off. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's been good, man. You know, so, but uh, I, I think this surely, and and I mean, it's already a proven winner. You know, he just won on, uh, you know, on Smith Lake with it. So you know, <laughs> what kind of better press can you get than that right there? You know? That's
2: what we said at the beginning. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, it's almost like you paid it off. Like, Hey guys, look, I need all y'all to leave it alone. I need this one, but we all know that's not how it happened, man. That no. th- this yeah. man went out there and smacked them for it. And yeah,
5: But it, it's
2: like the best, best press for sure. It, I thought uh, like for sure. I was wondering, you know, I was glad when you posted your picture and yeah. confirmed that. Cause I would have just assumed you'd have done it. And, you know the ck1 or the ultralight or something like that because yeah. that's when everybody hit me up and was like drew one and i was like cool bet it wasn't in the new boat and then i saw the picture I was like oh heck yeah perfect
4: timing like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really <laughs> it
5: out, you know in the you know in the in the public eye and you know, it really wasn't in the public eye then i think as a matter of fact there were several folks on some of our owners groups and stuff that when you first started posting on Tony x they went and grabbed those because of the way that the catchboard is designed in the in the right. hole uh, there were several folks that were, you know, just like, you know, the uh, you know, I think that's a, I think that's an innovation in the space, you know, that they took on yeah. into this hole. and, um, and there were several folks that were just were shocked to see that, you know, I mean, and in to kind of see that, you know, and again, just, I think the, the unique minds of these guys deciding like, Hey, you know, how can we help anglers be better in tournaments or be better period. And when you put that fish down in the hole, you know, recess into the board where it just kind of lives there and you're not fumbling around with that catch board and, and doing stuff like this, I think that it just lives there, whether you're standing, sitting, paddling, you know, pulling, you know, whatever to have that fish safe down in the bottom of the boat. It just, I mean, you know, every angler that's listening to the podcast can attest to, you know, to having that the, the fear of the flop. That's a real fear. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's going so <laughs> Nightmares. to happen. Nightmares. To, to, be, to be able to kind of to howl some of that and, and to bring a little bit more control to the bottom of your boat, it's just a, it's just another, you know, another phenomenal, I think, home run. I can't wait to see, like, we, you know, we've known what this boat is now for months, you know, building up this. The public still, as we record this right now, the public still hasn't really put their hands on it. And realistically, I think we're probably realistically 30, 45 days out from really getting honest feedback from from the consumer, from guys actually getting The oh, yeah. month in the boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? and And I'm excited to kind of see – not only what they rave about, but I'm excited to see what they don't like. I'm excited to see, yeah. you know what I mean? What they know, change, what, modifications. What things that, that, they, that they think that we missed or that we could have improved. Like, I'm, I think you learn nothing from success. I think you've got to have some of the failure. And I, and 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 in that, like, I just – I think that there's going to be – there's always feedback on every boat that's ever existed, that's yeah, – I mean, that's ever debuted, whether yeah. it's, you know, a $100,000 Skeeter – you know what i mean or you know or a thousand dollar kayak there's always something to improve on
2: well and and we always say and with everything you know no kayaks perfect for everybody you know what all Mm -hmm. these features that make sense to to us and to drew and to you may somebody may look at it and be like it's too much crap there's too much flash well i don't know but i think it's gonna be a big hit
5: i will tell you this for as much as drew wins and does in that ultralight I love Drew as Drew sits on my back porch in my house right now. Yeah. Drew, 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 Drew can sit in an ultralight in ways I never will be able to. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a bigger human than Drew. I, I've I,
2: gotten one one time I, and it did not agree with me. Yeah.
5: I just, <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's a phenomenal boat for that application. It's not, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, I, I can't, I, I, I'm two, three hours in it. Like, but Drew yeah. can lower it off a bridge and be gone all day and win a tournament. Like I've watched him do it. Yeah. yeah I
3: love that boat, dude.
5: I love it. Yeah. You know, so so, and, and I and I think that it takes I think that it takes all all kinds, and I think that 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 what Crescent had already built in in the paddling and the performance of the of the industry, to what Drew is now coming in and adding with the SF side, the specialized fishing, which is what uh, the SF is, you know, be, behind right. the Shuli when it's Shuli SF. That is the new specialized fishing department that Drew is ultimately, you know, kind of you know right. you know uh, you know heading up, and and I think that when you take that and you add the pattern of performance to what yeah. our line already had, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's gotta be a home run. I just yeah, don't, it's like gonna it. Be right there. there's going to be, there's going to be naysayers and stuff that, whatever, but you know what? There's already hardware sent on the back deck right now. So naysayers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta take, um,
2: you know, the haters make you famous. That's the saying you, you still need it and you'll still get some and people, you know, probably won't like it just because it's drew. Cause some people will, I don't know. I don't feel like how anybody could actually ever dislike Drew, though, because, I mean, you talk to him for five minutes, like you said, and any conversation starts firing off and
5: well, he's Jimmy, relatable. Jimmy, let me tell you how you don't like Drew. This is how you don't like Drew. You <laughs> go film <tell laughs> Drew for four days on the river and watch him in hook set after hook set, and you are stuck with a camera in your hand. You will then learn to hate Drew.
2: Ah, uh, I can feel
5: that, yeah. I, I've got several <laughs> selfies of me just like, I mean, just crying that I sent Christina, who... If you guys don't know, I, Drew's is my best friend. We've been, we're, you know, yeah. we're you know, BFF yeah. for life. Right. But I would send her selfies of me like almost in tears and Drew just with a 19 inch sholey, just killing it, smiling ear to ear. And I just, I yeah. just, I wanted to drown Drew in that, in that creek a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry I, I mean, shot I'll, a hole in that boat. <laughs>
3: no, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this though. I, the, like you're saying, Scott, the, the marriage, if you will, uh, with me coming to Crescent was so perfect because like you said, James is uh, incredible with the owner who's a hands-on owner. He designed all the other boats. He is a, you know, road molding expert. He understands all of it. He grew up in that family. He's the most hands-on owner by far uh, probably than, than any of them. Um, there's some other guys that are really good, like Blake at new canoe. I mean, there's a lot of owners that people know that the owner, and they're also very much involved in the day to day, but, but James is one of them. And to me, that was like, all right, how's this going to work? But what was cool is, He's not. He he likes fishing, definitely, but he's not like, you know, an expert fisherman or anything. He's a paddler. He's a kayak guy. He's a paddler. Whole performance, you know, high. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, high end kind of. Wreck. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I'm talking about the rec The wreck market. He, that high performance wreck. Is that the, the term? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, performance, performance rec yeah. market. Like he's really good at a lot of that stuff, but fishing is not like his main thing. So he, it's kind of like. He needed a drew and i needed a james you know what i mean like i needed a crescent he needed me to really kind of fit and then he needed to then because he's so hands-on just basically i hate to say it but dude like you got to blind me just blindly believe me when i'm telling you we need this feature this has got to be in here you got to trust me just let me do it if you can work with me here in one time when this boat comes out i promise you it'll be you'll, you'll understand why There's a method to all the madness of everything I'm doing in this kayak. And he trusted me and he believed me. There's a few things that we, you know, battled on a little bit. And I'm quite frankly, hindsight, I'm kind of glad that he pushed hard and and some of those things didn't come to fruition because I now agree. You know what I mean? Like he fought for things that he really believed in that shouldn't be on it or should or whatever. And I did the same and it came out, you know, mostly, you know, everything, I pretty much everything I wanted on the boat is what you see. I mean, there's not a lot that they got nixed or we couldn't do because of cost. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just, You know, there's a lot in the manufacturing side, and to be able to sell at a proper price point, you can't just do everything you want to do because of because that. I won't get into the weeds on all that. I'm going to be on uh, Brad's podcast and talking about um, what's the name of his podcast again? By the way, Final Cast for for everybody
2: listening. We're going to get a full uh,
5: rundown on the Final Cast with Brad and Matt. Well, you know, talking about you know being such you know such a hands-on type of you know type of ownership as James walks (laughs) in the office right now, getting ready to to help me wrap up this uh this video here. Uh, hey,
2: uh, Dude, we got the whole crew in here, man.
5: Yeah, you got <laughs> the whole crew. So you know, it's, it's it it really is one of those things where, like to to, to you know, and I, and I tell James this all the time. Like, I, I, there's very few men that I follow in my life. You know what I mean? Where where you're actually following another? You know, like I've always kind of done my thing. And I tell you what, like it, it really has been a perfect storm and a perfect combination of Drew and James kind of coming together to kind of to really. I mean, to take this boat from the ground up and, and really launch this as their baby. And I'm telling you, like, I, 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 I'm excited to see. I haven't been this excited. But don't get me wrong. I, I love the CK-1. The crew is the boat that kind of brought me to, to James. You know, everybody knows I was, you know, I was you know, uh, you know a big-time bona fide guy. And when, when when we sat in this office and he kind of laid out, you know, the ideas of the crew and where it was kind of going, and then he brought me the first, you know, he brought me one of the first ones off the line for us to kind of shoot, shoot, go shoot product and stuff with, and and you know, y'all know my story with Luther. Like Luther's one of my best friends in the world. I love him to death. And 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 I called him. You know, about a week after getting the crew in my in my you know in my garage, and I said, hey, yes, like, like I, I just I, I the more you learn and the and the better the 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 better of an angler, the better of a paddler. The more I understood the sport, the more I realized that I needed that paddling performance to be the type of angler I wanted to be. And not only that, I wanted that hole and I wanted that boat to be able to carry the gear, you know. My, I was you know, about I, to
2: say, for you, I mean, God knows how much camera gear you're carrying. Like, <laughs> I'm,
5: I'm never going to compete with Drew in a, in a tournament. Like, I held that trophy today because I'm never going to hold one of those trophies. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like, like I, got, I got selfies of me kissing it at my kitchen table. But like, out of that, like, like, uh, it's one of those things where, like, uh, the right boat for me and having that quiver, right, having that arrow in the quiver was what became the crew. You know, and then we did the CK and now we're on to the shoal and, and, and his brain is already running and i have already getting to hear the ideas of the next boat and, and, you know, and talking ideas of the next boat. And so, like, it just, it's, it's really a perfect storm and I cannot wait to see what everyone comes back to now that, now that James and Drew is, is, have kind of birthed this baby, I'm excited about with the next 50, 50, 60, 70 days as guys get this boat, get to spend some time with it out on, you know, out on the lakes and out in the rivers. And, you know, in the creek beds, and I'm excited to see what we've been seeing now for the last year kind of come into fruition. I'm excited for other anglers to get their hands on this boat because I'm telling you right now, it's a home run and I cannot wait
2: we can't either. And, and again, like I'm, as we're recording this, like I wish so bad I could see the next, that video, which it doesn't exist yet. Cause I'm
5: holding you up from finishing
2: it. But uh,
5: <laughs> well, well, Jimmy, man, we're going to go finish it. dude. i tell you what, man, hit me up sometime. I'd love to jump on a podcast. with I don't want to interrupt Drew's time, but you know, me dude, I'm a talker, man. We could share some beard tips too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, let me know, bro. Just because I'm not running a podcast anymore doesn't mean that I'm not staying and plugged in the industry. I talk to everybody all the time. I love this space. I've been saying it since the day I walked into this industry. I am just that drunk girl outside the bar that just wants to talk about something I love so much. I love love kayak fishing and, and, and just about every single human in it. I think it's I think the greatest people in the world spend their free time in these little plastic boats. And, and so, I mean, I you know just cause you hadn't seen me on a podcast from my mouth, Jimmy doesn't mean no, I'm man. paying attention to not keeping up with what's going on, man. Oh no, we,
2: we, everybody knows that you're, you've just kind of, I don't want to say like on to bigger and better things, but we know you're working in the background. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving you a little shit nah, just cause it was, it was, you used it was. to be like, when I first got into podcasting, Westbrook <laughs> was the one that I paid attention to. And then when we got into it, I always joke around, be like, yeah, we just, we just got a little better than Scotts, so he just kind of disappeared. But with that, is not true, dude. Y'all, y'all, it's not true it at all.
5: man. y'all, y'all, y'all did it so well. You didn't even, the industry didn't even do anymore, bro. Oh, that's right. So, you know, it, thanks, man. You guys are doing a great job over at Paddle and Finn, man. I think, I think the whole team is pretty awesome. I tune into some shows. I get in there and comment sometimes and, and watch, but I pay attention, man. I know what's going on in the industry. I got my finger on the pulse and, and I'm just, I'm very, very thankful to have guys like these guys around me supporting my vision and my dream. And, you know, and above all of that, you know, the thing me and Jeff little talked about last week was, was, uh, you know, like I, 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 I chase, everybody knows my story. I'm not going to dive into that, but I chased this industry for so long in order to get to a spot where I could provide for my family in this industry. I knew there was something here and right. they, this guy and these guys, I have that opportunity now. And i just, I, fo- I focused some of my energy, um, into, into being a better dad and being a better husband and and at the end of the day like at the end of the day that's 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 really the big goal and then below that i think continuing to make you know the kayak fishing world what i want it to be and tell as many people as i can that's right below that you know what i mean yeah, and dude. you know yeah. and, and so that's i think that should be everybody's goal you know for I, I think, sure dude
3: yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. you're one of the biggest winners dude you're, you're one of the biggest winners i know because you've done exactly that like you got the most incredible family here incredible kids i mean i brought my family over here and you guys You took your time out of you know you got this video you got to finish editing you're gonna be up till God knows when. Yeah, so I mean, (laughs) I mean, dude, you're the biggest winner ever, dude. You got an amazing family, amazing kids. They're so nice and so good with my son. I mean, and your 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 place is incredible. I mean, you're you're a winner, and and that's that's more important, dude, than this stuff right here. And that's why, you know, I I mean, I don't really fish as much either because I want to spend time with the family. I see people see me on these podcasts, but I don't. It's like once a month, you know, every once in a while I have a couple more, but I'll fish about 12, 13 of these, and that's it. Cause I'm, I'm, I, you know, some people obviously do more and they have a different you know, situation, and that's, and they should do more if they're, you know, young and single. I'd be fishing 25 too,
5: but yeah. you, you know, know it's not more important
3: well, to me, like you be older, family.
5: man. You're probably yeah. a little bit as you get older, you get, you know, you get a little gray in the beard. You know, Get wise. It just, it just, yeah. You know what I mean? Your priorities shift a little bit. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Drew, like, and I'm going to say this little, 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 you know, jab in the heart and then I'll let you guys go. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, holding that trophy tonight and kissing that, bro, is nowhere near as cool for me as getting to hold your daughter and, you yeah. know, you can give her a kiss, man. That's family. That's extended of my family. And I'm so glad that, you know, we got to you know do that with you guys. And tomorrow night we can do it at the Crescent Shop and, uh, you know, and really show this show to the world, man. So, I'm stoked. Jimmy, man, hit me up. Drew. Yeah, uh, sure, dude.
0: MidwayUSA.com. Yeah.
2: James
4: uh, James is in the background.
2: We look forward to having you on too, dude. Um, yeah. But I can see him back there, like looking at his watch, like, time is money, and I'm still paying this dude. So shut <laughs> oh, <yeah>. up. <laughs> uh, James is,
5: James is, is uh, like, I'll say it in front of him, I don't even care. Call it brown nose if you want to with the boss. But I, like, you're not, like, you're not going to get uh, It's just, it's just right. Like, what he's managed to do, he hasn't rushed anything. He's kind of let things fall how they have, and 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 I tell you what, what folks, what the angler doesn't understand is how complicated the the backside of the industry is. I thought I was in the industry, you know, year, you know, a couple of years back, and I remember James one time in this office told me he's like, he's like, you know, you're you know, you're really getting into the industry, coming to work, and I was like, you know, I was a little offended. I said, like, James, I'm in the industry, been in the industry, and but when you're there and you see the time and the effort and what and the hours that these guys put in. I joke all the time about being we talked about it tonight at dinner with your family. Like I, I'm proud to be one of the hardest working humans I know. Well, I tell you yeah. what, these guys right here match me. And that's why I travel with them. You know what I mean? You you know, uh, you know, yeah. Co. Fletch says it best all the time. You know, you want to go you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go in a group. This is my group.
2: Hell yeah. I love yeah. that. Right on. All right, well, well good, dude, it was good, good to have you, man. And yeah, uh fellas. I can't wait to see the video, dude. You gotta to have to send it to me when you get finished. <laughs> sneak peeker so, at four so a.m.
4: <laughs>
2: Later, fellas. Later, dude. See you,
5: all
2: right. Well, we'll get it back on task here. But that was a, uh, I'll say, much needed, man. I miss getting to talk to Scott, and always a great dude. conversation. And you can tell y'all, y'all are all a, a family man. And I love that feeling For of, sure. oh, brotherhood yeah. and stuff, dude. Every
3: every aspect, dude. Every aspect. I mean, from the. The high times, the low times, the, the, you know, the bickering, the arguing. Oh, we get, we have it all. Fight
2: like family. <laughs> it,
3: at the end of the day, we're all on the same page, the ultimate goal. And we, you know, get over it, make up, whatever. You know what I mean? And move on. Yeah. But um, the way you should. So it's pretty cool.
2: Well, all right, dude, that was awesome. But let's get back into Lewis Smith Lake. Uh, hopefully nobody's forgotten already. We've hit through the pre-fishing. Seemed pretty good. Checked a few spots caught a couple good fish made sure you could hit the water didn't even really have to put the boat in if you didn't want to but take yeah. us into tournament day one day tournament for everybody that doesn't know the bass master some of them are two some of them are one this one was a single
3: yep so you know i'm fishing uh fishing my way down uh at the first spot and just wasn't getting any, any big fish i mean it just wasn't happening you know what i mean like small ones dinks just was not happening at that spot. And I'm like, well, of course, you know, I'll roll up and catch a big one from the bank. And then tournament day, that would, that happened to be the one, you know, big fish there. Just was not happening. Catching small ones, but nothing big. Maybe 14, 15 inches, a couple that were 15, nothing. So I, I, I had a limit, but I decided, you know, real quick, I'm just going to upload. Since I had signal and I was driving to the other spot around 9. I wanted to get myself until about 9, uh, nine o'clock at that first place and i did miss one one big one uh, a large mouth further you know right there where the the creek meets the lake where you'd mm-hmm. expect it, some some little more a little bit more stained water some flooded you know buck brush stuff like that I, I did miss a big one there i say big but i mean it was big for that lake you know what i mean probably well, and big 18, for what you'd probably been catching so <laughs> 17 18 inches yeah so there was definitely some potential there but it was not what i thought and that's that's okay because the second spot I went to, I knew it was kind of a shorter little section. And so if I started there, I was going to run out of water and have a long, you know, long way back, you know, as well to take out. So I said, you know, just, just to give myself enough water to continue to fish all day long and not have nowhere else to go. I wanted to fish that first spot. Plus I did catch a a good one there. You know, this is the spot where I caught one that was almost 17. um, The second pre-fishing spot that I found. So, it made sense. It just didn't work out. You know, sometimes it happens. It didn't didn't work out whether your fish move or for whatever reason, you, you know, it just didn't work out. So I got out of there. My timing was perfect. I got to the, the next spot, you know, 945 ish, I guess. And uh, so I'd still had plenty of day left put in and um, man, I, it was a weird bite and everybody at the results was saying the exact same thing The fi- except for second place uh, angler who was pretty cool. I, 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 and I, blanking on his name right now so Chris Hartman Chris yeah Chris Hartman Chris was uh was, he had a cool story about it being his uh would have been his 28th anniversary with his wife who passed away uh last year and man he's the only one who said they didn't get off he, did, he fished so clean I was like that's the weirdest thing ever man because dude every one of us there were like they were hitting real weird they would just I don't know if it was they were just hitting it so hard that they just blast the bait the spinner bait away and don't get hooked or 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 what, uh, or if they were just short striking, if that's, you know, th- the opposite of that, which is they just kind of nip at it, you know, Yeah. I could not get hooked up, man. I mean, I was catching fish, but nothing big at this next spot, but I could not get hooked up with anything big. It, like things were just not going my way. Okay. Because the water is super clear and I mean, I'm fishing this beautiful water and it looks like there should just be good ones everywhere. And I would see some, whether I'd spook them or my cast would get hung up on the rock or the log and I'd go over there to get it. And I knew it was a good looking area. And of course I see you know, big ones swimming away. You're not like a giant, but the good ones like 16 inches again. I'm like, dang it, man, I need these fish. I got like 12, 13 inches on my stringer still from that first place. And I just kept, you know what it is, man. You fish skinny water. There's only a one alpha per however long. Yeah, I mean, half, half mile or mile or whatever. And you only have one shot to catch that alpha. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that's something
2: it. I don't think people take into account when they talk about you know, a lot of people say you're going to catch stupid fish. I hear that all the time from people that are like for the boundaries to kind of take the creek, the, the getting way, way up creeks out. But that is the biggest point is like it's not that I'm going to a, a 10 by 10 pocket that's got five 10 pounders in it. No. Like Like you said, there is one alpha, which doesn't mean he's 20. He might be 16 and bigger than everything there. And then that's his section for, like you said, it could be 20 yards, 50 yards. It could be the next three sets of rapids or riffles. Like it's, it is not easy because you have to move around so much and blown opportunities with missed bites or they see you which is something I've always wanted to, that I've actually never asked you is like how stealthy you approach some of this. Some guys get super stealthy. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I, my, my approach is like I'd make giant long casts, which can yep. be terrible, but you know, uh, but it's, there's so many little factors that come into play fishing that kind of area. So, so sorry to interrupt, lonely. but that, no,
3: hundred percent. That you was nailed a great,
2: that dude, like great that's the thing.
3: I mean, first of all, you're right. Long cast is what I had to do. And I stayed seated. I did not stand. I didn't want to stand because the water was so clear and so low. I mean, foot, two foot, you know, deep. That was like. I mean, there were some holes that were were a lot deeper that I got to. Obviously, that you know, but the biggest, more gar were in those big deep holes, not the bass. And yep. the, the just bass just didn't really want to be around all those gar. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, but yeah, staying seated and long casts were very helpful. But here's the other thing excuse me, to think about the, um, if, if in this kind of style of fishing, the other thing that's scary is if anybody else ever shows up to that same access point, everybody's done for, I mean, sometimes some of these creeks, there's just only so many alphas, like I'm saying. And here's the other thing. You hook, you hook, uh, you hook up with a fish that sometimes when it gets low like this, they kind of get sucked down to certain places in the, in the creek or river. And you cook one, and it's a 14 incher 12-incher, and you got three or four with it. Sometimes the alpha is following it, and it's a 17, 18, maybe 16, 17, 18-inch fish. You're not catching it. You just pull them all to the kayak. They see you. It's crystal clear. Over. Yeah. So that happened a couple times. Um, between getting hung up or catching a fish, and then I mean the whole, you know, the whole trip, the whole you know amount of miles I went. I mean, I don't think there was a ton of fish that would have allowed me to to win this thing and it just happened Mm. to be i I made a ton of mistakes i didn't get them but but sort of towards the end of my trip it's 130 i mean i I caught a couple largemouth that were decent 16 uh 16 like 16 and a quarter maybe one of them was 16 and a half i can't remember they're right around 16 a little over so i had those two paired with a couple 15s from previous and another one in this creek that was around probably 15 probably like an alabama bass it was around 15 or so and so i have a decent like 80 inches or whatever it is I've got you know so, somewhere around 80 or not quite 80 I guess high 70s but it's nothing mm. like nothing's gonna win it's it's nothing special at all I'm already just feeling like I guess it's just not gonna happen it's not my time whatever no big deal but I'm not never gonna give up so I'm still slinging because I've seen some damn ones. this new boat yeah, <laughs> yeah I know right it's like, <laughs> so um I, I just Wait 130 man, I or around well a little bit before that I said I'm just going because I couldn't they were they were missing all the baits. I mean the chatterbait they would miss, the spinnerbait they would miss. I come see it, hit it, miss it, or they get on and they get they get off. It was just the weirdest thing ever. I lost way more fish, and that hardly ever happens, way more bites than I than I caught. I mean it's it's so extreme, it's that usually the complete opposite proportion. Right. And I was so frustrated. I mean so frustrated. And then all of a sudden, uh yeah, I get to um this one point around maybe one o'clock lines out is at two 30 at one point i just said you know what forget it even though they've been knocking the whopper plopper up these small ones and you know belly just hitting it it pops up in the air not getting hooked i'm just gonna they're not hitting anything else anyway any better i'm "I'm just gonna lock this whopper plopper in my hand and just call up hopefully the biggest dang fish at this point there's nothing else to do but just try that so even if they miss it maybe i get lucky and throw a follow-up and they'll hit it i just yeah nothing else is working what do i have to lose so I did that and uh, I got some GoPro footage I'll probably show, but um, it was the coolest thing ever, man. There's some, some push water, you know, before it goes down, like a little riffle narrows up. And this orca looking just missile, this wake, just bulging wake is just going for about 10 to 12 feet away. And I see it coming and you can see me on the GoPro. I'm saying, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, I know what's about to happen. And it just sounds like a bowling ball. I mean, the audio really sounds like a bowling ball. I've never had a fish hit that sounded like a just thud, like a deep just thump. And it crushed it. And it was this uh, 19 and a quarter inch largemouth. She had one hook barely in, one, one just one hook barely in the back of her, uh, you know, right in the, the edge of her mouth. And you see me on the video, I say that and I'm just like, Oh God, she's only got one hook in. I'm like, please stay on, please stay on. And I start doing the weave back and forth to try to get another hook in her, you know? yeah. And, uh, and I did, it worked. I mean, I got another hook in her by completely changing her direction opposite, trying to snag that other hook in. Uh, and once I get that second hook in, usually it's on the, the meat, you know, under the belly and the meat. So that stays and she stayed on and, and I, you know, belly landed her and 19 and a quarter, four and a half, probably pound, um, very healthy, largemouth, nice. at least somewhere between four, four and a half, and so that was the start, I said, now, you know, we're getting somewhere, and if they're going to, you know, if I got time, I was like, I got time, I just knock off a couple more fish, and then proceeded to catch the next, uh, my next one was a 19, three-quarter inch Alabama bass, and the same thing happened, the exact same thing, I throw my my bait, and I see it, and this one comes from even further away, it's literally tracking from, like, 25 for 25 feet and waking it just the whole time, fast, just moving because it came from a long way away. Because in these creeks, those long casts, like you said, when it's super shallow, they can their feeding window is so far a distance. Oh, like yeah, I saw, and it tracked it the whole way. And the same, I'm same thing, I'm talking to myself, the camera, whoever I'm talking to, I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I see what's about to happen. I'm like, please eat it, please eat it. And she comes up and crushes, it. actually hits it twice again and gets hooked. And she was hooked real good. And I just kind of boat flipped her in pretty quick. And 19 and 3 quarters, I had no clue it was that long. And, and I'm like, okay, now we're talking, dude. I've got a 19 and a quarter, a 19 and 3 quarters to go along with those two 16s and a 15. Uh, and I'm like, dude. So anyway, then I catch a, a 17 and a, a quarter, uh, I believe, 17 and a quarter. Yep. And like a 16 and uh, 3 quarters and a 16 and a half. And I've replaced my entire limit in about 40 minutes. All of it. Jesus. The exact spot on all the pre-fishing map study everywhere the exact couple places stretch of this area I thought that all the biggest fish in that lake would be, and that's exactly all what on
2: place. all on top water.
3: Yeah, all on top water. Oh,
2: Seeing so you. Just well, maybe one of them.
3: That. Maybe one of them I actually threw back they missed the, the top water. And I threw back with the um the ChatterBait uh, Mini Max. The new Mini Max is so good in that low clear. Dude, I just picked some of
2: those up. It was they so look so good. good
3: in that that kind of bluegill pattern. Yeah. Uh, with a little uh, green pumpkin diesel minnow. It was so clutch. And they were hitting that pretty good too, but they were still missing it a lot. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I had to go to that big profile and just hope that they just hope they would get hooked. And I changed the hooks the night before, and uh, and they, they, they stuck. So it just worked out, man. I've replaced it all. And that's why I'm still in shock now because it's it's one thing to win once, and then your next tournament out, which I haven't fished since Grand Lake, win again. It's It's another thing to have that happen in a brand new kayak that you designed i mean if god didn't have his hand in this i'm telling you man you know jimmy I'm a man be, of, i'm it. a man of faith dude and i believe when it's your time it's your time And for some reason that the lord just wanted me to win this one uh, as well and I, dude i i'm just super humble because uh i don't know man i
0: it's only a kick a jump a block
4: ah. it's only a serve ah. it's only a tackle a run
0: it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas i
3: don't know i, I, mean, the, I the story like kind of helped it. point
2: that man it was I, like yeah. it wasn't meant to it didn't seem for yeah. you in the moment it didn't seem like it was gonna happen like you said didn't. and then I still just, feel
3: like i didn't yeah, I still feel like I didn't win. even,
2: even if it was just that hand coming down and being like, No, here, dummy, like this yeah. is it. There's divine intervention, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it,
3: it, it was crazy, I, man. It's just crazy. I, I, I can't even explain it. I again, I just feel like I didn't win still because I felt defeated the entire day with how many fish I lost and how small fish they were. And I didn't really see enough fish in there that were even big enough to really win. I mean, I just can't believe it still, dude. I'm in shock. So I don't know, no, what I'm man. That's and that's a story.
2: I mean, you know, and that's we it. haven't said it enough. Uh, you just mentioned it, though. This is back to uh, back. Back to back. Yeah. Fastmaster, same series. We were talking before the show. There's been some back to back winners in opposing series. I don't say opposing, that sounds right. terrible. But in other series. Yeah. So you've had Guillermo, KBF, yep. NC, KBF Trail Day One, Kissimmee. Right. Russ. Uh, Russ is, Thanks. I couldn't even tell you what his was, but I know he's done it. Like Hobie um, to KBF. I think so, yeah.
3: Or maybe no, it might have been a bass. It might have been a bass under Hobie because he won.
2: I think it was because I think it was was, uh, the bass at Clear Lake, the first year bass ran that trail. Because I remember he went back to uh, Cali and smacked everybody around. Yeah, Uh, it was that's great. We had those guys on the show like two weeks ago, and it's funny that they brought it up that uh, they thought that he had been out of California long enough that he wouldn't remember how to fish Clear Lake, and then he just gapped everybody by like six or seven inches, but. Uh, go back and check that episode out. Uh, yeah, dude, a yeah. hammer,
3: man, hammer. Yeah, I mean, Russ is freaking
2: there. There's can't ever count him out, he's man. One of the
3: guys, dude, I, I'm just always blown away by how consistent he is as well. I know people say that about, about me too, but I'm telling you, I don't feel it as much as that people say it because you guys see what I'm saying. Like, I had nothing at 130, dude. I mean, nothing that would have put like I might have been 25th. I had yeah. nothing, so I felt defeated, like it wasn't. I, and if i miss one of those fish we're not talking you know what i mean we're not even close to talking even one it's a big difference between a 19 and three quarters and having a 15 on your your stringer you know that's a huge difference there oh no but no, uh that, it, it, 40, 40
2: minutes completely replacing a stringer is that's nuts and it's 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 a thing that doesn't happen too terribly often but in the same time you do get to hear about some really cool stories like that uh what I was waiting for you to get on, I was watching one again from a West coast guy, Dominic Done, triple digit bass. And he, uh, he won. Uh, I think it was a local out there. Same way. Last 30 minutes, dude. It's, it's awesome when the pieces come together. Um, yeah. And I, I, still think like we joked around when Scott was on, I, this is probably the mess, the best possible marketing piece you, you have for this new boat that we're about to talk about just for a second that you Probably didn't expect to have, but oh, yeah. now you have it. So yeah. like, hey, new slogan. <laughs>
3: That's right. And this group, it's been crazy. I, I mean, between the the podcast request for the boat, you know, the shooli and the win, I can't really keep up with anything right now. I, I've and then like trying to spend time with my family after being away for the whole tournament i mean that's like what we were talking about what's most important to me it's been very challenging to say the least man like trying to juggle all this and it's a good problem so i'm not complaining and i only hope my story gives people hope it's not like you know again i just don't i just feel super fortunate to, to land on those fish at the very last minute i just hope it gives people hope that hope that like man it, it just they. i just feel like they probably see oh drew one again must have been easy you know what i mean like dude oh. grand <laughs> lake was not easy this was not easy and it it never is easy but it, but it, i can see how it can look easy yeah, at the end of the day when you see the you know what i mean the results and yeah. you see who wins and they win a lot it's like must have been easy. No, it's not easy. I hope it it, it's hope. never
2: easy. The, this, just like in the yeah. boat world, there are so many names, so many hammers that fish these events. And even at this event, you know, Siddiqui's been on a hell of a year. Siddiqui was in this tournament. Brad yes. Case is in this tournament. There's names that I recognize on here that are Smith Lake hammers that people don't even know about on the national scene. You know, John Lessman was there. John, you can never yeah. count John Lessman out. Like, it's not That's easy. Do, yeah. I, yeah. yeah.
3: He's good. Yeah, he really L- Lesman
2: got sixth. Like he's a, he's a hammer. Um, Ju- Justin Largen, who's becoming a name yeah. now,
3: especially on this Bassmaster side, but fish some other stuff as well. I mean, he's a hammer. We're starting to see. Um, and then Tim Perkins, dude, Alabama yeah, hammer. Perkins. I mean, he's yeah. he got third. You can't count count out like so many of these guys. There was some real talent there. You know, Mark Edwards was there. Uh, he's been killing it this year. Um, like you said, Siddiqui. I mean, it's 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 for a anybody trail, that says man. it was it really easy.
4: Is
2: easy sign up and come beat drew in one of these tournaments
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean,
2: do like, uh, Catherine fields does. Don't worry about winning the check. She just wanted to beat drew. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, so I said that we'd get into the new boat just a little bit. I have one last question. Yeah, man. Before we get into that and you can answer this or you don't have to, but everybody knows, you know, you, you used to work with Jackson. You, you've done so many ventures, different ways of making a living in this industry. Um, a lot of people know your situation with Crescent. You know, it. you didn't really, I mean, you've been with the company, but until your boat came out, you know, that's when that really takes off. Now that this is happening and this boat, I guarantee is going to be a hit. They're going to be hard to find in no time. I guarantee it. You uh, know, anytime a new boat comes out, even if it's absolutely crap, everybody buys it to try it. Uh, this mm-hmm. is going to be a situation where everybody's going to buy them and they're not going to be on the used market. I guarantee you, yeah. I don't, I don't see a lot of these moving around like that um, with, with this side of things, opening kind of back up for you officially. And you know, this makes Crescent keep moving forward and things of that nature. Do you think you see yourself backing out of the tournament scene a little bit in the future? Maybe like hard mm-hmm. year, maybe this year, next year, and then focus more on the other parts of the industry. Or do you think you um, will just kind of keep doing both?
3: No, I mean, I'll definitely keep doing both, but if anything's going to cause me to back out, it's not Crescent and the kayaks. It's just wanting to spend more time with my family. I miss them like crazy when I'm gone. Right? I mean, I do. Well,
2: I and mean, That's I mean, kind of where I went with this question yeah. too. Not not necessarily just yeah. like going into one thing or the other, but like this, in my opinion, you know, like you've been grinding out to make a living any way you can. Right. Now this takes off, leads to even bigger, better things. Maybe you don't have to try and, have right. an income from fishing, you know. Now right. you can spend more time with your family, like Scott's talking about too. Like, do you see that happening? Where maybe it's you're able to take that little bit step yeah, back. Or...
3: I can see something like that happening. Where okay, this year I'm doing something crazy. Even though it doesn't appear it yet, I'll tell you this, guys. I'm. I mean, every year I shoot for okay. You know, which events do I want to fish? I look at the whole schedule. Can I pull off? An AOI run in potentially all three, and that was my goal. Bass, I knew I had to miss Lake Fork because my little girl was two months old. I wasn't going to leave my wife with a toddler, right. a two month old, and three dogs and just leave her for you know a trip to Lake Fork. I locked out because it was freezing cold, it was like frozen. The lake was so, yeah, you didn't miss, out. Anything. <laughs> but, didn't miss it. but um, <laughs> but I, I knew that the way they had their setup, you had to fish four vents to count for your AOI, and they only had five, so at that point, and I was qualify for the championship so i knew i was going to fish the championship in south carolina so but that didn't that doesn't count for aoy points so i said okay i gotta fish so essentially i gotta fish you know five bass but really you know four in the the opens all four of them to be able to qualify for aoy but i said i want to qualify for the championship you do that by aoy points you know potentially if you don't get in the top 10 percent at each event now of course the first fish uh, event i fished i got seventh at harris chain and i qualified so the championship qualification for 2023 was out, uh, you know, was, was already good. I was done. I don't really need to fish bass anymore, but I wanted to make an AOI run and I had seven. So why stop now? Right. So then I right. went to grand I get first at grand. Okay. I'm going to keep going, go to this Lewis Smith Lake at first. Obviously I'm, my goal is to win AOI in bass and that, and obviously if I do well at Pickwick, I, I mean, the standings don't show up cause I don't have four events and everybody else does, but I think I'm probably in like seventh, eighth or ninth, somewhere around there. And I only have three events. So, I mean, ju- I don't know who's in front right now. Actually, if it's Garrett or Justin or whoever, but it's not me, and that's kind of cool because they have the the pressure. Hopefully, is on them more, and the focus is on them. But really, yeah. I know, and, and they know. We all kind of know. We're not dumb. Eric Sadiki's got a, some great finishes there. Um, that I'm kind of in, early in the driver's seat in terms of that series. Of you know, it's kind of my my Aoy to lose. I have to kind of. I was about flop, to say that flop, I hate yeah. I hate
2: to say that because I don't mean yeah. it in a bad luck way, but no, that's what. That's how you put it. It's it's yours to lose. Yeah. 100%. I mean, two,
3: two ones and a seven is pretty darn, you know, tough to beat. So that was the goal. And then I said, well, how can I, how can I, because I won AOI with Hobie in 2020, fishing the minimum, three tournaments and then the TOC, right? That's all I did. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it's possible. So if I can do maybe like five Hobies, because you only get your best three, maybe I can, so five plus. The five for bass, that's already 10. That's a lot of weekends gone from the family, weeks. I mean, not weekends, that's a week. That's at least a week for every trip, right? But, okay, so that's 10 events. How can I possibly get enough KBFs? Because they have two per weekend. Not in the pro series, but, you know, the trail series is right. Saturday, Sunday. I was like, well, I could do Champlain. So anyway, I figured out that whole thing where I could potentially get enough events in. And I know it's not the smartest thing to do because it's obviously better if you're fishing seven or eight Hobies, right, to get a good three or you know what I'm that saying? That way like you've got some KBFs, events you can
2: drop, yeah.
3: Yeah, six or seven KBFs instead of a minimum, right? But that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And I think I can, even though I had a bad Santee Cooper event at Hobie, I, I mean, I was 22nd out of 200 after day one, and I, I made a very bad decision. See, there's another another example, guys. I, you know, I, I didn't have a good finish at Santee Cooper. It doesn't always work out, so I made a bad decision on day two, and I don't know what I dropped to. Maybe, I don't know, 50th or something, 60, I don't know. But now, I got to pretty much fish all the last four hobies and have three good ones. So that's kind of my goal. But here's my to get to your question after explaining all that. Maybe I drop down to just focusing on two series next year. You know what I'm saying? Where maybe I'm not yeah. gone 13, 14 weeks a year. And not all of them. Like some tournaments, like the Susquehanna, I kind of really don't need to pre fish there much. I just kind of know what I'm doing. Go to. Maybe yeah. finish a, day, a day, you know, so I don't, it's not like every one of them is a whole week. And some of them are close like that when it's four and a half hours for me, you can, I can finagle maybe, you know, if you do like back in the day when uh, KBF had the Kissimmee chain to kick it off. And then your next weekend was the Hobie. You can kind of maybe knock out two, you know, so I, I think I can pull, still pull off doing the tournaments at a pretty good clip, you know, 12 events a year or something like that and be in the running for the AYs. And it's a good marketing tool, like you're saying, and credibility uh, for, crescent and not just crescent i mean all my sponsors real tree fishing z-man Powerpole, yeah. whatever like you name it any of them you know the you know yak attack bending branches motor guide all of them i mean there's a, you know fortunate to have a lot of them right and i can't list them all but that's great for all of them to for me to continue to do that too so and i enjoy it man that's like my time away as much as i love my family i miss them like crazy because my son you can tell how much he's soaking up everything his dad does man i mean he is learning so much from me when i'm there and we're bonding and he's becoming just my best friend and best buddy and it's like it's so hard to leave him and um so maybe i'll just trim it down and focus on a couple yeah you know no. couple series instead of uh all three trying to do this crazy thing i'm trying to do this year and i say it doesn't look like i haven't fished a kbf yet so where am i in the standings nowhere where where am i in hobie standings nowhere but you know just wait i got i got my i'm locked Still in for the next three three hobies and a lot of them are rivers, so yeah, yeah. You know, I, I could flop, but I mean, hopefully, I can I can pull off a chance to at least get in the TOC. You know, I want to qualify for it. You know, that's that's tough. Yeah, and uh,
2: well, so will see. Well, uh, so good luck to you on that. But this is the part of the show that most people are uh, probably most excited about because I um, held this to the end just because uh, I didn't want people to listen and dip. So give us a. We, you know the whole show we've talked about it here and there the showy, uh it'll be debuting when y'all are listening to this um tell us tell us about it we can actually get some details from you yeah you can um this isn't you know, we'll air, go right? in depth again yeah this yeah, is airing yeah. wednesday morning it'll already be out um which is great because i'm going to get a little bit of info before everybody else so haha bite me yeah great. uh <laughs> uh but yeah, you know, uh, we'll have a really good show on it on the final cast. Brad and Matt will knock that one out of the park with you. Maybe have James or Scott and them on too. But uh, yeah, yeah, just talk about Crescent as a whole. But sure, give sure. us give us a rundown of the new boat, man. I, I've got to see uh, some some teaser pics of it and stuff like that. But just tell us about it.
3: Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, I fished out of it in the tournament, and I was just so just comfortable and happy and like. I mean it's dude it's my crappie cataract day that is the fish of the waterfalls the shoal bass it's where i cut my teeth what got me into kayak fishing what started all this river bass and stuff for me just obsessed with that fish and it was a tribute you know an honor to be able to name this fish uh, this kayak after that fish and so um it's uniquely beautiful and different and distinct from anything else in the market the same way that fish is so unique and different and distinct from any other black bass it really is that's it, the the parallels are, are amazing. And that was done intentionally. And the tribute to the fish goes so much further than people don't know. And like you said, you're going to get a lot of insider info here. People don't know yet, but it was, um, we're giving proceeds of every shoaly sale back to the shoal bass and habitat restoration through the Flint river keeper on this first year, and probably future years with that group as well. Cause they're probably one of the biggest and best at doing mm-hmm. that. And then yeah, they file lawsuits, river keepers, that people don't realize how important they are they they on behalf of us the general public are always you know fighting battles to keep that river running clean and pure and that obviously translates down to the fishery so and, and the flint river keeper just really focuses hard on the shoal bass they do because it's the only free you know free-flowing river that's got them uh, left major major river system i should say um so that's exciting um and then from basically the cool things about it, some of the features I'll just touch on real quick. The handle is a, the front handle is a cam strap system. It's a, an idea I came up with where your front handle is actually still a handle there, but it's on a gear track. Uh, and it's basically in a little channel that's a rod stager groove. If you completely take off this handle, but it's about a seven foot long strap. You think, well, that's crazy, right? Uh, but it goes between two of the vertical tie downs on that track uh, that Yakutak has that are made for your cam straps to go through. And you can pull it as tight as you want. You can loosen it to make it hang a little bit. You can loosen the whole thing up to a big loop. So it now throw it over your shoulder to tow your boat Ooh, to and from the river. Strap. Yeah, exactly. You can you can pull the whole thing out so it becomes an entire seven foot and wrap it around your waist. Use a carabiner around your belt loop, whatever you want to do to make it your wading belt and the creek of the river. It's a river fisherman's dream to have that strap. Now, the cool thing is if you don't want it there, once you're on the water, remove it. And that's just now pure rod staging groove or put a, a, a rotor grip up there or whatever, but you can you can do that. And then you also um, can store the excess in the front hatch, which is not just an open hatch like other kayaks. It's a tank well. So The front tank well is pretty cool. You can cut it out if you want it to, right? You want internal access to the boat, but we have what you need for internal access there. What I mean by that is it's got rod internal rod storage in that front tank well. So typically you're going nice. to want to put you know rods inside your kayak sometimes but then they bang all around when you're transporting all that so you know that's why i decided you know let's let's house them in these tubes internally there on that go from that tank well towards the you know underneath the whole kayak inside the hole and then there's a couple different levels in there so you can put a you know if you don't use it for rods or whatever you can put your battery in there for uh, your fish finder which on the other side of that wall is your fish finder cubby and um that's it's kind of nice because it's like a flush cubby where fish finders fit in flush. So if you have a 10 inch unit or under, it'll fit in pretty flush, pretty Ooh. darn flush or inside there. So it's nice. Nothing's sticking up in your way um, and your battery can get, you know, it's right there on the other side in that tank. Well, right. So you just it's pretty cool. And you also have an iPhone holder there for selfies or live streaming. It, it holds your iPhone right there built into the kayak. It, you'll you'll see that's the theme with this kayak everything's already built in seamlessly so nothing's sticking up like that old board game mouse trap. okay my kayaks don't look like that because in a river or a creek you don't want that no even in a, god even, no <laughs> honestly dude even in a lake i don't know why you'd want that you don't see any bass fishermen pro bass fishermen having anything sticking up around them on the front deck everything's laying down it's low it's smooth it's sleek they can do the biggest looping cast which is the best motion for a baitcaster that's the way your kayak should be in my opinion Uh, I mean, everyone does, has a different method and that's, it seems to work for other people, but I don't like a ton of rods sticking up. So that's why you'll, you'll notice, uh, there's some features on the boat that even for lake fishing, if you're going underneath dock cables and tree trees, if you're not taking advantage of the kayak being the kayak and can get to casting angles and under dock cables and under trees in places that boats can't get, you're honestly missing out on the whole reason you're in a kayak. So anyway, that's a lot of the stuff on the boat you'll see is built in seamlessly like that. As you move on, you got and there's I'm I'm skipping over a lot of stuff because I'm gonna talk it, you know, in detail in the other no part no no. But but the catchboard that Scott mentioned is amazing. The catchboard stays housed there Oh, it's yeah. you recess. There's pad kit on the whole boat. It actually has a, a measuring board pad kit on that area where the catchboard goes, so it it quiets the catchboard, and it's a measuring board if you don't have a catchboard. If you're not a tournament angler, you just want to see the link length, you can do that. And then that's awesome. Uh, the seat's a new, new extra padded seat, so it's thicker than the traditional crescent seats that you're used to. Um, so a couple of my, you know, most favorite things is got an anchor wizard recess, so only the handle of the anchor wizard sticks up. Uh, if you don't, here's the thing though: if you don't have an anchor wizard, you don't want it. If you don't have a fish finder, you don't really care about that that cubby. Everything in this boat, when I say there's a recess for this, it has a secondary purpose, so it's not like, well, that's a waste of space for me because I don't use that. That's not true. The anchor wizard recess is a cup holder. Where the cup holders are normally at, they're just two cup holders right there on either side. So you're not missing anything. You're just gaining two cup holders instead of one. If someone has an anchor wizard in one of them, they have only one cup holder. Okay. So, and if you don't use two cups at a time, whatever. It's a little cubby to throw weights and hooks and whatever. It's a little little circle. I mean, come on. So that's the beauty of the whole boat. If you don't have a fish finder, that cubby up there, like I said, your iPhone will go there in that little slot. Or that's if it it's a lot of the little smaller plano boxes. It's a little cubby to store, a little small uh, soft soft Plano bags. And you can store whatever you want in that little cubby up there. It's not detracting from anybody's style. Yeah. That's what's cool. It's options. You've got um, a, a p- paddle stager with the Roto-Grip uh, paddle holders from Yakutak, the Roto-Grips that come standard. And what's cool is on that one, they go across. You know, It's where you could make it goes across uh, the kayaks. If you're standing, it's going to go across perpendicular with the mm-hmm. kayak. But then you can also, on the gear tracks, that the gear track is actually um, perpendicular as well. You can move it in and twist them. And now those rotor grips go parallel with the kayak. So if you want to have a rod there, a net, uh, whatever, a paddle, you can use those that direction too. So it's super customizable like that. A uh, couple nice. of my coolest features are, are the actually right below your seat on the right and the left-hand side, you'll notice a teeny little recess that's only like an inch long, right? An inch and a half long by three quarters of an inch wide. It's your flat mount, flat mount line cutters spot. And the other side that marries it is a hook sharpening stone that we will be, be selling on the Crescent website. It's a small little hook sharpening stone that you uh, fit right there. So you always Brilliant. have something to cut your line. You always can sit, sharpen your hooks and stay in the game. Cause I'm also trying to help people become better anglers without them even realizing I'm helping them become a better angler. Like not just being more comfortable and not that the hole is just great for maneuverability and, it, it, great for flat water, but especially obviously really good at rivers and creeks. All these little things about the boat are, are going to either make you more comfortable with, makes you more confident or they help you become a better angler by remembering to sharpen those hooks, things like that. Save you time. Um, I've, I view tournaments. And even when I'm not fishing a tournament, everything is in casts to me. Like how much time do I have uh, on the day? or How many casts can I make? So not hours, seconds, and minutes. I view it in casts. So, if you hit a rock and you flip over or you have stuff go wrong, you're losing time, right? If you can't navigate mm-hmm. around that. So the hole design is important. Uh, all this stuff is designed to kind of help save you time and make you a better angler without you realizing that's kind of what it's doing. So speaking of the river stuff, there's a rod butt stager in the, uh, the floor. So rod butt stager is important because in waves, in a lake or in a river, or rocks, you're hitting stuff. If your rods are sliding below you and your feet on, on the hole there, then their tips are also colliding and your, your lures are getting tangled. So the rod butt oh, staging, yeah. there's a couple different grooves there for it. One of them is actually underneath your seat in the high position, the other one's right in front of that. So your your rods aren't sliding around. And they're married in the rod staging grooves on the front hatch, which by the way, the front hatch has a rod saver, the typical rod saver you see on the deck of a bass boat. We've actually have it modified from that actual company rod saver. And so it's the Velcro, you know, folds over. So that's awesome. When you re- yeah, you really want to go down a rapid or you want to um, for transport, all I did every time I wanted to move, I just put my rods right there, which they already were there. Cause that's where I fished with them. I just threw the rod saver over them, threw it in the back of the truck and went, that's it. I went the whole way oh. back here to two and a half hours to Carrollton with those rods. there, just like uh, the guys on the bass boats would do. So it's really slick. Um, man, there's so much about this boat. I mean, it's so hard to even remember everything. The back tank well is a cam strap. It's not bungee. You don't have to find some perfectly sized item to fit there. It's a three quarter inch cam strap, a thinner little mini. So you crank down that black pack, you know, or whatever you have back there, it's not going anywhere. In a river situation, you're not going to drop, flip over, and lose anything because you've got a secured cam strap cranking it down. Uh, and what's cool is there's actually compression from the lowest point, the lowest point of the tank well, right below the seat in the back, right behind the seat in the very back at the lowest point, and then the very back to the stern of the tank well. There's two security bars there. So you have, you have compression ability from the floor, so if you have an item that's as thin as a Plano box, the thinnest one, pull your cam strap you up, up again, it. and it secures that whole thing. So, I mean, we've really, you know, it just experienced my, it time wa- my time on the water. my time the water. Yeah, I mean, like things that have gone wrong, how can I fix it? Um, it's got drag chain chutes in the back. It's got a hatch on the back. For, so if you want to put a tent, I mean, a tent and stuff will fit in the front tank well, but if you want to put more gear back there, you can. Um, and then the uh, it's got the power pole. Um, I was just about to say power pole. It does, but we actually left instead of inserts, we just made the pattern there where the holes are so you can drill them out yourself because we have access back there with the hatch and put the nuts on. Yeah. That's super super critical because boats have different shrink rates and and inserts are also weak points a lot of times as well. And in kayaks, we found
2: I've seen them snatch right out of the plastic.
3: Yeah, so their holes are there. You just drill it, you have access there, so no problem. Uh, so it's a, it's a cool boat, man. Uh, all in all, I just no, I no every second of it.
2: I think this is a, a great teaser for you know because maybe not everybody sees it at first, and maybe you're listening to this on your drive to work or something. Yeah, this will definitely make they you want to go check it out. out. Oh so it yeah. Out.
3: Oh, the last thing that I forgot to mention again, probably one of my and I've forgotten to mention a lot of things, but my favorite feature in the whole boat probably is the included right behind. On either side of your hip, right and left, at a low angle, going back. I've got the Yak Attack Padlock Paddle Holders, which are the taco style paddle holder.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And but it's more—it's the reimagined purpose for it. It's a what we're calling the rod holster, you know, the rod holster. And basically, the compression of your rods, your rod butts, or it's a paddle holster, or it, I mean, uh, not really a paddle. I mean, you can be if you take your paddle apart two pieces if you're using a motor yeah. or whatever. But it's a net holster. It's so good for a net, dude. I've got the Ego Net. And it's, it compresses. And here's the beauty. See, because it's a taco style, the compression going in there holds it, you know, and there's a bungee if you want to secure it, you know, hardcore, but the compression holds it. Therefore, all you have to do is lift your paddle right out, scoop the fish. There's no tube. You got to like turn around behind you, pull out of a tube. It's literally at your hip and it's just com- the compression of that plastic that's holding it. So you just take the net and just scoop the fish dude right there. It's, it's really dude, it's awesome. So, dude, I can't wait, low to, angle, can't wait to get my hands on it. You're going to love it. The low angle of those rods, too, back there are awesome because your follow up bait, for like a buzz bait or whatever you got, you know, your follow up, if you miss a fish on a plopper, buzz bait, spook, whatever, I always have like a Z Man streak or something right there. I'm keeping that, you know, one of them with my net, if I'm bringing a net, and one of them with that exact bait in the exact same spot every time as my follow up lure. And then the second that happens, I can whip that bait out of the zone, you no, know, just with my eyes closed, reach down here, grab it, cast, no pulling out of some tube, difficult. It's, it's so easy. It's awesome. The boat's incredible. That's man. awesome, it's, dude. It really so is. and I'm not. I mean, it's incredible.
2: Three things we didn't hit: length, width, weight.
3: All right. It is eleven foot 10, 34, and like about I think seventy seven. All said and done. Nice. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's a great boat, man. So I'm excited to see you guys in it, and uh, the feedback's been great. So, I'm pumped. We'll see. Uh, see how it goes. Yeah,
2: man. I I know. Uh, I know a guy that's kind of first on the list when our shop gets them and it's going to work out perfect for y'all. He's already sold on the Crescent brand, but, uh, North Alabama kayak anglers for any of my local folks listening this weekend, which may, I think it's the 28th, whatever this coming Saturday is, is, uh, our demo day. And we usually have a ton of boats out ton of brands, but this boat's getting picked up and going straight down there for that. So, if you're going to be nice. in the uh, Decatur, North Alabama area and you want to check one of these out probably before most anybody else is going to get to because it's going to be hard to get them. You know, a lot of shops aren't going to, Yeah. you know, yeah. probably yeah. not even they're going to sell so fast. It's going to be hard to demo them, you know, so
3: a lot of shops have pre-sold boats already, even when we had the minute long teaser out. Now that we've got this three minute promo and people have seen more of it. I know shops that have pretty much all their first shipment of 10 gone. So I call pretty soon if you're, if you're interested oh, in this my, boat. My
2: shop, that's true. Yeah, that's, they're yeah, gone. We're, we're, we're hoping video, that yeah. we can get some, get some more. So, yep.
5: well, dude, I appreciate you giving right. us the time.
2: Go hang out with the family, man. Congrats on back to back. Congrats on the big win. Congrats you, on the new boat. Uh, if you want to shout anybody out real quick before I let you go, uh, anybody at all, nah, any sponsors.
3: <laughs> appreciate Bassmaster for what they do appreciate uh, you know Hobie KBF all the trails that, that help kind of make this possible um on the national scene all American all those guys I mean whoever name name them they're they're out there working hard for us so we can have these opportunities and I, I'll never be you know just appreciative enough of those guys because I've done it before you know with the river bass and trail so I want to thank them and you guys can follow me if you want on social media I definitely have a lot of sponsors but I'm not going to you know mention them here it's just it's a lot and uh, you know, whatever you guys follow me, you, you'll see. Yeah. But uh, thanks again for everybody. If you need to hear them go
2: to- back on yeah. another show, yeah. we've probably got them.
3: <laughs> probably. Big thanks to the wife for, for hanging in there too. She's been awesome and I couldn't do this without her. So.
2: All right, dude. Well, it, man. I know Paddle and Finn will see you again soon. We'll, yeah, we'll have you on all the shows, but good to see you, buddy. Peace, see you, man. man. Thanks. Later. All right, guys. Uh, great show. <laughs> It was awesome to get Drew back on here. Missed getting to talk to him. So cool to get Scott to uh, to jump in for a few minutes and see the face behind Crescent back there also hanging out with him, the the boss man, James. Um, we're going to get into some uh, other tournament recap real quick from uh, around the country that also happened this weekend. I'm going to start with one on this other screen over here, Uh Actually, we'll go ahead and do, we didn't get a whole Smith Lake rundown. So first place, as you know, from this episode, Drew uh, won the event with 89 and a half. Second place, as we did say, Chris Hartman right behind him with 89. And then the Alabama Hammer, Tim Perkins, third place with 84 and three quarters. Uh, KBF had another event going on this week, and I actually had to to look up this one. I've never even heard of this place, but it's uh, M- Messalonsky, Maine. They had 82 anglers. Uh, Everybody knows the way that the KBF does things Uh, day one, day two trail and pro series day one winner, Nick Audi with 93 and a quarter second place, Ryan Matlowich with 92 and three quarters third place, Robert Bifsha with 91 and three quarters second or second trail day, day two, Ryan Nye uh, 93 and a quarter. So kind of crazy. First time I've seen this that a day one and day two were both one with the same uh, length. So that's pretty cool. Uh second place Mike uh Mike McCollin with 93, third place Brian Volkernick with my lights in the way 92 and a quarter. Uh shout out to those guys. And then the Pro Series winner was Ryan Matlowich with 185. Nick Audi was second with 184 and three quarters. A quarter of an inch. Third place, John Tibbins with 180. Alright, so we've got we got a lot of them, so I'm gonna get them as fast as I can. So we have the Great Lakes kayak fishing. Uh, Lake Geneva, 31 anglers. First place, Todd Martins, 95 and three quarters. Second place, Stefan Marginine with 92 and three quarter. Third place, Raul Gonzalez with 91 and a half. Uh, next up, NACA, North Alabama Kayak Anglers. My club here had their tournament trail on Lake Gunnersville. 58 anglers. First place, Randall Wallace. As per usual, it's just hard to beat that man and his Spro Frogs. Uh, 94 and three quarters. Second place, my buddy Blake robertson 94 and a half third place brandon watson with 92 and a half uh, next up was the 2022 buckeye kayak fishing trail indian lake 50 anglers first place jason lyle 71 second place sean skidmore with 65 and a half third place jason smallwood with 47 and a quarter and only the top two anglers caught limits so, uh, next up south carolina bass nation kayak series lake water ooh, move the uh, watery 26 anglers first place cameron Uh, Tetterton with 56 and three quarters. Second place, Chris Gant with 54 third place Bennett and all with 52 and three quarter. And yes, that was a three fish tournament. Uh, Next up was the uh, Tennessee kayak anglers tournament trail on chick. Uh, I think that was a cast event. I'm not sure. Uh, 27 anglers. First place, John Dalton with 58 inches. Second place, Garrett Nicely with 54 and three quarters. Third place, Mr. Joby Berry with 54 and a quarter. Been hearing that name a lot out that way. Uh, next up was the Tennessee Bass Nation event, which was also on Lake Guntersville at the same time and was part of a triple dip with the Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers Tournament. Also on gunners will So 68 anglers at the Bass Nation. Randall Wallace also won that one with the 94 and three quarters. Second place was uh, the Cinco Master. Josh Stewart with ninety-three and a half. Third place was Thomas Davis with 93 and a quarter. And let me, I do not have those back to back, but give me just a second and I will find it. Or maybe I will not. There it is. Uh, the TVK winners, they do three fish. So first place in the three fish tournament was Stewart Staples. For some reason, Randall didn't, uh, dip in on that one don't know why buddy but uh second place brandon watson with 59 and three quarter third place was blake robertson with 59 and a half uh next up was the michigan kayak trail event number two saginaw bay 83 anglers first place alex roberts with 91 and a half second place jared vice with 91 and a quarter another quarter inch getting them getting it done third place adam Drybeck with 90 and three quarter uh, next up is the, uh, the Minyak elite trail stop. Number one on Lake Minnetonka, 30 anglers. First place, Elvis Lee with 88, second place, Juan Gomez with 85 and a quarter and third place, Scott Stolman with 82 and three quarters. Uh, next up the Indiana kayak anglers on Lake James, 43 anglers with, uh, I'm going to say this is Eddie. It could be, Ida. this is a female angler. So if you're listening, I'm so sorry, but, uh, Eddie Wilkinson with 80 and a half. Second place, Shane Partlow with 76 and a quarter. Third place, Brennan McDougal with 72 and a quarter. Next up is the oh, I'll move to, The New York Bass Fishing on Lake Ontario. Uh, 27 anglers, first place, Jose uh, Vuittonet. We're going to go with that, Eighty two and a half. Second place, Jake Burnett with 81 and three quarters. Third place, Benjamin Phillips with 80 and a quarter. Uh, next up was the Moyak Lake of the Ozarks uh event 86 anglers Michael Cornelius with 93 and a half. second place Scott Kroger with 91 third place Josh Keats with 90 and a half. next up's the kayak anglers of Eastern Pennsylvania Merrill Creek reservoir event 29 anglers three fish limit first look first place uh Brooke Williams with 58 and a quarter second place David Smith with 58 third place TJ Swaney with 57 and a half. uh we got the kayak fishing oh, Kayak Fishing Club John Martin Reservoir Bass Series in Colorado. 29 anglers, first place. Clay Roberts with 36 and three quarters. And this is a five fish limit tournament. Second place, Paul Roth with 30 and three quarters. And third place had one fish for 14 and seven five. For 14 and seven five, 14 and three quarters. Jesus Christ, Jimmy. 10 fish was all that was caught in that entire tournament. Uh, Minnesota Kayak Fishing Association. High Tempo Hobie Compass Tournament. uh, Waterville. 75 anglers first place Daniel Zimmersheed with 88 and a quarter second place Mong Vang with 87 and 3 quarters third place Eric Peterson with 87 uh, next up is the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League on the Sabine River 44 anglers first place James Penny with 84 and a quarter second place Carl Birdsong with 72 and 3 quarters third place Ricky Julg with 69 and 3 quarters uh, next up is the Kayak Angler Association of Central Arizona on Alamo Lake. Thirty-one anglers. First place, Mark Gross, eighty-five and a quarter. Second place, Pat Hanning with eighty-four. Third place, Thomas Gompf with eighty and three-quarter. Uh, next up, we have the Yaka Bass Tournament on the California Delta. Ninety-nine anglers. First place, five fish limit. Uh, first place was Alden Walden, ninety-five. One of the dark horse guys. Uh, second place was Justin Dutcher with 90 and third place. The funniest guy to watch online in the kayak world. Obedee Williams with 88 and a half. Another dark horse guys. Those guys are just out there killing it. Uh, next up. And last but not least was the natural state kayak anglers event on table rock. 41 anglers five fish limit first place. Chris Needham with 88 second place. Craig Wood with 88 as well. Third place, Dwayne Beatty with 87 and three quarters. So really tight at the top for that one. That was a mouthful guys, but we have made it to the end. I appreciate everybody sticking with us. That sticks it out to the very end covers the tournaments. Give these local guys a shout out all around the country. We appreciate you as always coming to join us. Uh, Talk to a big national winner. Um, and you, you're going to get to hear it first here. Um, we talked about the showy before anybody else is getting to other than Crescent um, and, and talking to Drew about the back-to-back bass the, the back back, uh, Bassmaster wins. So great show. Uh, make sure you're keeping up with your fantasy stuff. Go check that out. Make sure you give, give Drew, give Crescent, give Paddle and Finn, give me, give us all a follow. Check us all out on all of our social medias. We will be back next week me and dan uh i haven't looked at the schedules i have no clue what's coming up but we will see everybody next week
1: and i am out peace thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and finn be sure to drop a five star rating a thumbs up or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on be sure to check us out on waypoint tv waypointtv.com Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin.
0: Host of Huntstand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Huntstand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.
1: Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.